Welcome to B2B Writing Success, the podcast on building a thriving business as a business-to-business writer or copywriter. B2B Writing Success is brought to you by American Writers and Artists, Inc. Now here's your host, copywriting expert and business coach, Steve Slonwhite. Hello, fellow B2B writers and copywriters. Hope you had a great week with your business. Uh, This week's topic is a topic that is close and dear to my heart, and that is juggling freelancing with family. And that's a lot more difficult than you may think, unless you are right now juggling freelancing with family, then you know exactly how tough it is. Uh, But what I wanted to do in this podcast is to give you some uh, things to think about, some ideas, some strategies to think about that may help. I don't have a complete answer to this. Uh, I'm not going to be able to tell you how to perfectly juggle freelancing with family. Uh, I've been a freelance copywriter for full-time for well over 20 years, and I still uh, struggle with this issue, but I do have some strategies that I think might be ha- helpful to you, or at least some, some tips and ideas that uh, perhaps you could think about and, and, and try yourself to see if they'll work for you. Now, I admit, when I started freelancing, I, I never anticipated that this would be a problem, juggling freelancing with, with family. I was a little naive about it. Uh, in fact, when my wife was, went into labor with our daughter, Erin, Uh, and we went to the hospital, I actually brought my laptop. I had the idea that perhaps I could do some work while my wife was in labor. (laughs) Okay, that worked out well. Um, You know, I I just didn't realize what an issue this would be. Part of the problem is that most freelance professionals, myself included, I say 99% work from home. And it's because your home, uh, as well as your home as your workplace, uh, those two things existing together can cause some conflict. I mean, when I'm working in my office, for example, and then down, downstairs I hear my daughter crying, you know, I, I, I want to go and check it out and see what's going on and see if I can help, even though I'm at quote-unquote work in my office. Now, if I had a, a real job where I traveled to an office outside my home, I would never have even heard of the issue until I got home at night. Maybe not at all because my wife would have dealt with it. But because I'm home and I hear that happening in the background, I can't help but want to, you know, find out what's going on. So that's just one of many struggles with working from home and juggling freelancing with family. It's because you're working at home and you just can't help the fact that the two things are intermeshed with each other. Your freelance business and your family. They mingle together (laughs) in in the home environment. So you have to have some strategies in place so you don't go insane, so your family doesn't suffer because that's really important, and your freelance business doesn't suffer because that's also very important. So like I said, I don't have a perfect solution to this. I'd be... uh, I'd be lying to you if I, if I said I have a six-step strategy for dealing with this. I don't. But I do have some ideas. I do have some strategies that have worked well for me to some degree. And what I want to do in this podcast is share those with you. And perhaps you can implement some of these yourself. Perhaps some of these will, uh, will help you. And by the way, if you have any additional ideas that I don't mention in today's podcast about juggling freelancing with family, 
uh, please send them my way. You can reach me at stevesloanwhite at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your tips on this topic. And uh, with your permission, I will share that with, uh, with the podcast audience. So here are some ideas that might be able to help you. Idea number one is as much as possible, have a separate, distinct area in your home for work. Now, I'm really lucky. I use the fourth bedroom of our home as a home office. It is a dedicated home office. It's not a bedroom. There isn't a bed in here. (laughs) Sometimes I wish there were, but there's not a bed in here. Um, It's a dedicated home office. It has a separate phone line. It, uh, so when I close the door, to some extent, I feel like I'm at work. And that's a good thing because it helps me to create that sense of separation between home and work, even though I'm still working from home. I understand that a lot of people don't have that advantage of having a distinct home office, but as much as you can, create a separate space in your home, um, the basement, Uh, The corner of your bedroom, for example, you can convert a part of your bedroom into a uh, a home office. Whatever you need to do to create that distinct separate space. So when you quote unquote go to work, you feel like you're a little bit apart from the rest of the house. That's going to be a big advantage to you psychologically. And also it signals to other people in the home that you're at work. Okay, And, and hopefully they'll respect that. So as much as possible, have a separate area for your work. And if you don't have that advantage, if you have to work anywhere you can, on the kitchen table, on the back deck, in the living room, with a laptop on your lap, if you have a small child, sometimes you just can't go off into another room and close the door, okay, um, then, you know, as much as possible, kind of schedule yourself in such a way that you have, have some, some psychological space. You know, for example, maybe you can go to one part of a room, for example, with a special chair where that's your chair to sit down with your laptop and do client work, whatever you need to do. Also, consider working off-site. There are a lot of co-working spaces available in most towns and cities now where you can drop in and, you know, for a small, very modest fee, you can work there for a few hours. Or I know someone who works at their local library. Um, I work at coffee shops a lot, even though I do have a home office. It's nice to get out of the house every once in a while. So I'll sometimes take my laptop and go to a a local Starbucks or another favorite coffee shop and work there. But try to create that work space for yourself. That's going to be very helpful to helping you juggle freelancing and family. Here's another idea. And these work to some extent is have rules. Have rules rules that everybody in the family knows. Now, there's a rule in my house that if my home office door is closed, then I am working and it's best not to interrupt me. Now, do other members of my family interrupt me? Do they knock on the door and say, hey, Steve, hey, dad, you know, do you got a minute? (laughs) You know, yes, all the time. But it helps a little bit to, uh, you know, to have some rules in the house. I have a rule in the house, for example, I always tell everybody if they're in the house that I'm doing this podcast and please do not make any noise on the uh, second floor of our house because 
you know, it'll be picked up with this uh, sound equipment. So try to create some rules. You might have a rule that uh, says that you work from 9 to 12 o'clock and you cannot be disturbed from 9 to 12 o'clock in the morning. Those are your uh, work hours. Those are your client hours. Uh, sometimes establishing rules with the rest of your family will help. And you know what? Rules go the other way, as my wife often tells me. Uh, she has a rule, for example, is that if we're on a family trip or a, uh, a family get-together or a family activity of some kind, then I'm not allowed to bring work along. I'm not allowed to be uh, checking my iPhone and uh, for business emails and, and making notes about projects and things of that nature. That's family time. And I'm supposed to dedicate it 100% to family time. So the rules can go the other way as well. And that's a good thing. You should have rules around your freelance business and around your family and, and family time, especially if you work at home. Uh, and if you establish some simple rules that everybody understands, and that can be very, very helpful. So that's idea number two. Idea number three is keep the, your family and other members of your household, informed about what you're doing. Don't make your business a mystery to them. Let them know what you're up to. If you have a tight deadline, if you're working against a, a major deadline and something for the client is due two days from now and you're just starting now and you're nervous about it and stressed about it, let them know what's happening in your business. That way, when you walk around the house and you're looking and feeling stressed, they know what's going on, okay? If you don't do that, that you know your your stressed state could be misinterpreted. <laughs> okay, they may not realize it's connected with work. It's a little bit different when you work away from your home because you have a uh, a time a commuting time where you can sort of wind down from work, and by the time you get home, hopefully a lot of that stress and worry has dissipated a little bit. It's not the same when you work from home. When when I leave work. I open up my office door and in two seconds I'm home, okay? So any stress and worry I'm carrying with me from work is suddenly in the family home. So um, keep your family informed about what's going on in your business, what your deadlines are, what you're stressed about. So it's not a mystery to them and they know that, you know, if you have some tight deadlines coming up or if you had a client that was unhappy with what you did, you know, it helps it helps with juggling freelancing with family. They understand what's going on. It, it makes for a much more uh, helpful, supportive situation. So that's idea number three. Idea number four is schedule your client work in time blocks, in short time blocks. This is a strategy that could work well, especially if you're unable to sit down and work for long stretches of time. Let's say you have a young child or you have other things going on in the household. So you can only work for like a half an hour, then you, you gotta, your attention gets diverted to something else and you have to go back to a project. And maybe you can work on it for 20 minutes and then something else pulls you away. If you're in that kind of situation, schedule uh, time blocks. Here's how this strategy works. Let's say, for example, that you have a uh, copywriting project. Divide that copywriting project into, let's say, 10 parts, okay? So each part would be about uh, 30 minutes to a half an hour. 
maybe part one is do some research. Part two is strategize how you're going to write it. Part three is to do a very rough outline. Part four is to write the first page in very rough draft form. You know what I mean. Break it up into uh, short chunks and then assign each of those chunks a time. So time chunk number one would be maybe that's going to take you 30 minutes. The next time block, maybe it's going to take you 40 minutes. And, you know, you assign time to each of these chunks when you chunked up your, your project. And you can put those on your calendar. And that allows you to manipulate and uh, be very versatile with your schedule. You can work on something for a half an hour, for example, the first chunk of your project. And then if you get pulled away to someone to something else, let's say you're going to take your child for a walk, you come back and then you have another chunk two is going to take you another 30 minutes and you can do that. And you can kind of move these block time blocks around. And this is a strategy that can really work well if you're in the position where you just can't sit in an office or at a desk for hours at a time, when you can only work on your client projects in short time blocks. Okay, divide the project up in those little time blocks and uh, then you can manipulate, move those blocks around your schedule as you need to in order to accommodate the demands of your family as well. That can work really well. Here's another one, another idea, is be careful what you say yes to. Now, I know how difficult it is for an ambitious freelancer to say no to a project, <laughs> especially if the client is pretty good, especially if the project is pretty good. Let me tell you a quick story. Many years ago, I got a call by an advertising agency, an advertising agency I'd done some work with before, and they called me about a week and a half before Christmas. And they had a project for me to do. It was a huge project that they needed to get done right away. So I would have to work through Christmas, through the Christmas holidays. And the client was American Express, Amex. So huge marquee client and uh, a big project. And the ad agency owner was so excited to get me on board to do this thing. <laughs> Uh, basically, he wanted me to cancel Christmas in order for me to work on this project because, I mean, there's deliverable dates right up, like the Christmas Eve was one deliverable date. I mean, they had, it was crazy schedule. I'd be working through the holidays. I, I would have to essentially cancel most of Christmas. And I had a very young daughter at that time, and Christmas was a big deal in our family, still is. So I said, no. I, I turned that project down, even though it would have been a very lucrative project for me, because I knew that um, had I taken that on, I would have felt rushed. I would have been totally pressured. Uh, it would have adversely affected my family in a big way. And as a consequence, I probably would not have done that great of a job on the project. I probably would have worked on the project and kind of resenting it. And that's not a very good state to be in when you're working on a client project. So I said no. And the ad agency owner was really uh, surprised with that. In fact, he was a little upset with that. He had called me twice to try to convince me. And I said no. And I didn't do that project. And looking back, I'm glad I did say no. Because we had a, a really good Christmas that year. 
And it would have been an awful one had I taken on that project. So be brave. Sometimes when you have a freelance business, but you're juggling family and freelancing together, you have to make some difficult decisions. You have to be able to say no to some things in your business. Here's another idea is avoid making promises you can't keep. Okay. Um, For example, uh, one time I made a promise to my wife. I said, you know what, honey, I'm going to, this summer, I'm going to take three weeks off clean. Three weeks consecutively. I am not going to do any project work. I'm not going to do any business work at all. Three weeks clear for our family. She said, wow, that's great. That's so exciting. And you know what? Summer came and I just couldn't swing it. I couldn't take three weeks off in a row. I could break it up maybe over the summer, but not three weeks in a row. I just had too much stuff going on. I didn't want to disappoint clients. That's not very conducive to a healthy family relationship. So uh, don't make promises you can't keep. Be very careful about the promises you make, especially in this business, freelance writing and copywriting, where Project work suddenly falls in our lap all of a sudden. It's very rare that a copywriter will be uh, will get a project in May that's due in September. I mean, it's very rarely we get a lot of time to do things. Usually, clients call us when they need it now. Okay, so it's uh, so be very careful about the promises that you you keep uh, with your family when you have a, a freelance business. And finally, my final uh, bit of advice to you, and with the caveat that I don't do this perfectly, not by a long shot, be easy on yourself. There's going to be times when juggling freelancing and family is hard. There's going to be times when there's going to be some conflict there. Um, Don't beat yourself up about it too much. This is difficult. I've been trying to do this the right way for over 20 years, and I still struggle with juggling my business and, and, um, and my family. It's, it's sometimes very tough to do. So, you know, use these strategies, do the best you can. And when things don't go exactly as, as you would like them to go, don't beat yourself up about it. <laughs> just, uh, just do the best you can. So that is, uh, those are my thoughts on juggling freelancing and family. I wish I had a more perfect solution for you, but I don't. But I think some of those ideas, if, you, if you're not using some of those ideas already, try some. These are ideas that, in my opinion, have worked well for me over the years. Maybe they'll work well for you as well. So that's it for this week's B2B Writing Success Podcast. I'm Steve White. And if you'd like to listen to past episodes of this podcast, and there's over 130 of them, you can go to iTunes and find them there. Just do a search for B2B Writing Success, and you'll find them on iTunes. Or just visit www.b2bwritingsuccess.com, and you'll find all the past episodes right there. So have a great week with your B2B writing or copywriting business. I'll be chatting with you next week. We hope you enjoyed this edition of B2B Writing Success with Steve Slonwhite. For more tips on building a thriving B2B writing business, visit www.b2bwritingsuccess.com.